0: And a good Thursday morning to you, breaking overnight, mounting devastation from those
1: wildfires in Hawaii. And the flames are still raging this morning. It's August 10th. This is Today. Paradise Lost. The death toll rising on Maui. At least 36 people killed, with many others still unaccounted for. A historic town burned to the ground. This morning, the race to evacuate thousands of homeowners and tourists. And the heart-stopping moment one group, desperate to flee, is suddenly surrounded by flames. Let's go! The very latest in a live report: deadly confrontation. We're learning more this morning about the fatal FBI shooting of a Utah man accused of threatening to kill President Biden just hours before his visit to the state. This morning, the disturbing images and messages that led agents to the suspect. Murder for hire. New details on the case against a Georgia woman accused of plotting to kill her own husband. What prosecutors in the Bahamas just revealed during her first court appearance. Cause for concern, popular drugs for acid reflux now being linked to a higher risk of dementia. Just ahead with the millions of Americans who rely on them every day need to know. Those stories plus where's the winner? The search for the instant billionaire who bought that winning ticket in Florida for the record shattering mega millions jackpot and countdown to history. Virgin Galactic set for its first all-civilian mission, including a groundbreaking mother-daughter
2: duo. What are you looking forward to the most? Just looking back and seeing our beautiful planet, and then looking across to see my daughter's face. We're there live from the
1: launch pad today, Thursday, August 10th, 2023.
3: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
1: Hi everybody, good morning, welcome to today. Nice to have you along with us. It's Thursday morning, Hoda's off, and we gotta get right to this top story. This ongoing devastation from the wildfires in Hawaii that seem to come out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, Overnight, the death toll on Maui reached at least 36 people, and officials worry that is a number that is going to rise. Entire neighborhoods have been destroyed there, close to 300 homes, buildings, and businesses. As
1: crews continue to battle those flames this morning, just take a look at this. These are before and after images of the region we're talking about. On the left, this was taken earlier this summer. You see those lush, green, beautiful neighborhoods and a four Full of trees. And then just look to the right at those same neighborhoods and forests. Now they're gone. In a moment, we're going to talk to one resident who lost his home, one of the many. And Al's got some possible relief inside in the forecast for Maui. But let's start with NBC's Miguel Almaguer. He's made his way to a high school in Maui. It's being used as a shelter. There are hundreds of residents and tourists with nowhere to go. Miguel, good morning.
3: That's right, Savannah. Good morning. Among that sobering and staggering death toll at 36, upwards of 4,000 evacuees are trying to leave the island at this high school here behind me. There are hundreds of people who are sleeping here overnight. At this very hour, there are three separate fires burning in Maui, and they are all on the move. Oh, my God. Driving past burning homes and walls of fire, for some, this is what the harrowing escape from Maui looked like. The historic town of Lahaina in ruins, nearly 300 homes, businesses and landmarks swallowed by flames and engulfed in smoke. Be
4: careful right here, there's
3: debris. The apocalyptic scene here unfolding in West Maui before sunrise Wednesday, flames spreading onto boats and pouring into the ocean, while the desperate plunged into the Pacific to escape the inferno.
5: I was the last one off the dock when the firestorm came through the banyan tree and took everything with it. As the Coast Guard
3: plucked roughly a dozen people out of the water, more victims overwhelmed hospitals with serious burns. As 80-mile-per-hour winds fanned the flames, air support was grounded for hours.
6: Oh, my
1: God.
3: 911 service and cell phone coverage was also down, creating
6: chaos amid the panic. When you see, you know, some auntie on the ground, probably dead and you can't get in contact with your family, you just think the worst.
3: With at least three major fires still burning on the island, resources are thin and the true extent of the damage is unknown. These dramatic before and after photos capturing a glimpse of the changed landscape. Local people have lost everything. They've lost their house, they've lost their animals, and... It's, it's devastating. This morning, a tropical paradise turned into a hellish landscape as Mother Nature's beauty and its fury come face to face. The big fear here, that death toll, which stands at 36, could rise even higher. Of course, authorities will be out again here at first light. As for those 4,000 evacuees, there's a big effort here to move folks to other islands as well. The folks that are sleeping and living here behind me at this shelter say it's unclear when or if they'll ever be able to go back home. Savannah. All
1: right, Miguel, thank you. And joining us now from Maui, Dustin Kaliopu. His family was forced to evacuate to the other side of the island after losing their home. Dustin, good morning. We're so sorry for what you and your family have had to go through. You know, first, just can you give people an understanding of just how quickly this came on?
7: Um, from sleeping in to maybe 10 a.m. on, what, Tuesday morning? Um, We knew there was going to be some wind, and it's not uncommon for wind to cause power outages and outages with telecommunication. Um, But a fire had started, and after not having communication with anyone, my dad was able to get in touch with me and tell me to go home, check on Grandpa, who was home by himself. I was staying with my brother at the time. By the time I got there, it was windy. I could see a little bit of smoke. Nothing was happening. So we spent the rest of the day hanging out. Nothing else to do. There was no electricity, nowhere to go. By 3.30, the smoke had started to get thicker, as you can see in the videos and the photos here. And it started to make its way closer to our home. We could hear the explosions happening around the block from uh, the gas station and from businesses. And by 4.30, our neighbor's yard was on fire and we had minutes to escape because an hour later we would find out that our house had burned completely to the ground.
1: Minutes to escape. I know you had your grandfather with you you were able to evacuate uh, and your father was looking for you and for a moment there wasn't sure you you and the rest of his family had even made it.
7: My father like the rest of the 4,000 people that they say were evacuated had no means of communication with us anyone in the family and had headed home after work to look for any signs of us there and had found the house completely burned to the ground. Um, Luckily as the rest of the family made their way to our meet-up uh, meet spot, my brother stayed on the side of the highway. on uh, My dad's route home from work waited for him and was able to flag him down, let him know that we were fine. And we were able to meet as a family, um, in a central part of the island, but there were still so many other people that we were unable to get in touch with. And that still remains true for a lot of the families here.
1: I mean, we're looking at some of the pictures, Dustin, but if you could just put into words the devastation that your beloved community Has suffered.
7: The two houses that I grew up in, my grandparents' homes, my house where my brother lives, my mother, my father, every single person that I work with, the people I see at the bank, the grocery store, everyone I know is now homeless. In 36 hours, our town has been burnt to ash. There's nothing left. So many of these interviews that I've done, I've done so many by now. Our home is referred to as a tropical paradise, a tourist destination. This is our home. This is a home to so many people. And many of these homes were multi-generational families with infants to great-grandparents. And it's sad to say that many of those great-grandparents or even grandparents, some of the children even, are still unaccounted for. And although the physical site of the destruction is painful to see, the an ability to have communication with their family members, knowing what's going on is really what's hurting everyone here right now.
1: So much pain and so much lost, Dustin, I'm glad your family is well. Thank you for spending some moments with us. So you have our hearts and our prayers with you and the entire community. Thank you, here. Guys. Thank you.
0: It's really just hard to get your head around uh, how much has been lost there and the speed with which it was lost.
1: He, He said they got out with minutes. People left with nothing but the clothes on their backs. There was no time to take anything else. And Al, I mean we got to look at the forecast because the winds have been the story here.
8: It really has. but They literally are the victims of a perfect storm of really strong high pressure to the north of the Hawaiian Islands. A Category 4 hurricane, Hurricane Dora, and then those trade winds gusting to 50 miles per hour. The good news is these winds are going to be subsiding over the next 24 hours. Dora moves away. The high pressure, which has been dragging in dry air from the mainland. And so, but you'll see these winds start to die down down to about 10 to 11 miles per hour. But they are dry winds, and they have had some lingering ongoing drought so that's what the problem is but the good news is all the red flag warnings and the fire warnings are all down and now the winds are dying down and so hopefully those firefighters can get the upper hand
1: good 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 they I need think all so help they can get Al oh, thank you we'll check back also this morning we are learning more about the fatal FBI shooting of a Utah man accused of making online threats against President Biden and others just days before the president's trip to that state NBC's Kelly ODonnell joins us from the White House with the latest on this Kelly good morning.
9: Good morning, Savannah. The FBI had been aware of this suspect for several months, tipped off by a social media company concerned about his posts, posts that officials say cross the line from political speech to the potential for political violence. This comes at a time where broadly we have seen more threats and acts of violence targeting politicians and their families. New this morning this video of the deadly encounter outside a Utah man's home Wednesday. The FBI was there to arrest him for alleged threats to assassinate President Biden. The suspect was shot and killed by agents just hours before the president was due to land in Utah. The FBI says it had been tracking months of vulgar and violent threats against the president and other prominent Democrats made by Craig D. Robertson, believed to be in his 70s. Wednesday morning, the FBI says it shot and killed Robertson while serving a
7: warrant at his home. The SWAT team went through his back door with a battering ram. They called for my neighbor to come out. And he's like, I'm not coming out.
9: Here is a look inside a weapons stockpile displayed on his social media. The timing became urgent Wednesday when the suspect made fresh threats tied to the Biden scheduled visit. The FBI says Robertson knew about the trip. I hear Biden is coming to Utah and referred to cleaning the dust off the sniper rifle. Investigators told the court his photos and comments showed Robertson had the gear and was prepared to use sniper tactics. In the arrest warrant, Robertson's own posts had described him as a MAGA Trumper. The FBI also noted he had been wearing a Trump hat when he was under surveillance, Pages of detailed and graphic death threats targeted many of the same public figures Mr. Trump often talks about. Officials responsible for prosecuting the former president, including Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg.
5: The criminal is the district attorney.
9: More than angry words, the official papers charging Robertson with crimes say he had, quote, intent to kill, at a minimum, DA Bragg and President Joe Biden. The FBI says Robertson threatened federal agents, too. President Biden later arrived in Utah and was briefed on the deadly incident and the threats. The dead suspect's social media also describes him as self-employed woodworker. Now, some of these posts directly and explicitly warned the FBI that if agents came to his door, he would be armed. The man lived about an hour from where President Biden was expected to land savannah
1: all right kelly o'donnell thank you very much
0: an ecuadorian presidential candidate known for speaking up against corruption was shot and killed yesterday while leaving a political rally in quito and a warning here to our viewers video of the assassination here is disturbing The video posted on social media shows Fernando Villavicencio getting into a car just before that gunfire erupted. Ecuador's president confirmed the assassination and suggested organized crime was behind the shooting. It all comes less than two weeks before the presidential election in that country. Officials say one suspect died in a firefight after the killing. Six other suspects were detained later in the day.
1: Now to the latest on the legal troubles that surround Donald Trump, his attorneys are now facing hearings in two different states on two of the federal cases against the former president. NBC's Garrett Hake joins us, breaks it all down. Garrett, good morning.
6: Hey, Savannah. Good morning. It's going to be a busy end of the week for Donald Trump's legal team with a court hearing in Florida today on the classified documents case. That's focused mostly on his two co-defendants. Those two men, an aide and a Mar-a-Lago employee, will be arraigned on new charges that they conspired to obstruct the investigation into Mr. Trump's efforts to hold on to those highly classified documents. Now, Mr. Trump already pled not guilty to these new charges, which were unsealed about two weeks ago. Then there's a Friday hearing in D.C. focusing on a protective order, which would Mr. Trump from publicly revealing non-public evidence collected during the criminal investigation related to his alleged interference in the 2020 elections. Now, the former president's not expected to attend that hearing. Meanwhile, Mr. Trump continues to rage against the special counsel who, we learned yesterday, executed a warrant to seize Mr. Trump's Twitter data earlier this year. Unsealed court documents revealed that Twitter, now rebranded as X, delayed in complying with handing over that data over a provision in the warrant that prevented the company from telling Mr. Trump about it at all. Now, the company was fined $350,000 as a result of that delay. Mr. Trump called that episode an attack on his Twitter and a hit on his civil rights. No word yet on what evidence Smith was able to pull from the former president's account, which you'll remember has been dormant since he was banned from the platform after January 6th. Savannah?
1: Garrett, Garrett Hake on Capitol Hill. Thank you, Garrett. Much more to get to here on a Thursday morning, including
0: the countdown to today's historic launch by Virgin Galactic. It's unity ship set to blast into space for the first time with an all civilian crew. NBC's Gotti Schwartz has been talking to that crew. He joins us from the spaceport in the New Mexican desert. Gotti, what's the what's this big day looking like for the all civilian crew?
5: Hey, Craig, it is definitely going to be the ride of their lives. The Unity spacecraft is going to take off from right here at the spaceport. It's going to be released from its mother ship. Then it's going to go straight into the sky, hitting more than 2,300 miles an hour. And passengers are going to be feeling those three Gs as they break the sound barrier, climbing Mach 1, Mach 2, Mach 3. Then this spaceship will invert It'll hover for about three and a half, uh, three glorious minutes where the crew will be able to unbuckle, float in zero gravity. The total flight time is about 90 minutes on board. There's going to be a mother, a daughter who actually won their seats for free. The third passenger is an 80-year-old former Olympian who is battling Parkinson's disease. And we should also mention that one of the co-pilots is a woman as well. So this will be the most women to ever fly into space together in history And as for those three civilians, they have been undergoing three days of rigorous training, including lots of time in flight simulators, going up in high-performance training planes. But yesterday was all about relaxation before their journey to the stars. Craig.
0: All right. We're all looking forward to it. Gotti, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: 17 minutes after the hour. Let's get the rest of Al's forecast. Good morning, sir.
8: Hey, hey, guys, we're looking at some pretty heavy showers and thunderstorms moving from Ohio and Pennsylvania all the way down to Mississippi. We have a risk of severe weather for 14 million people back through the plains, also along the southeastern Atlantic coast. A couple of tornadoes possible wind gusts of 60 miles per hour. Rainfall rates making their way up to an inch or so as it makes its way through the northeast. Could be some airport delays as we move on into late tonight on in. To tomorrow. And that's your latest weather.
0: All right, Mr. Oker, thank you. Still ahead here. The Georgia mom accused of conspiring to kill her own husband out on bond this morning after her first court appearance in the Bahamas. We're going to have the very latest on this, including what prosecutors are now revealing about the case against her.
1: All right. And also, when you eat at a restaurant, you may have noticed those hidden service fees yes. suddenly popping up the bill. You notice that everywhere? Oh, yeah. What are we being charged for? Are those service fees here to stay? We're going to yeah. take a closer look. <laughs> first, this is Today on NBC.
8: Nobody ever takes the feedback. It doesn't.
10: That's usually true. Work that when you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed.
1: We're back 7.30, we continue to monitor those horrific scenes coming out of Maui, wildfires there. They have ravaged a historic town there. We've got an update and a live report just ahead in our conversation with one of the officials from the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. Just so sad to see how that happened, how quickly it came on. Um, we've got Chanel joining us now. Good morning. We are going to begin this half hour with new developments in a case that's getting worldwide attention, actually. The Georgia mother arrested in the Bahamas for allegedly plotting to kill her estranged husband has now been released from a Nassau jail. But she is not walking free.
0: NBC's Ann Thompson joins us with the very latest on this one. Ann, good morning to you.
4: Good morning, everybody. The question at the heart of this case is, is this just a woman who is frustrated and in the middle of a difficult divorce, or is this truly someone who wanted to see her husband dead? That is something that will be decided in a Bahamian courtroom. Lindsey Shiver left the Nassau Bahamas courthouse without comment, finally released on a $100,000 cash bond, wearing an ankle monitor after more than two weeks in custody. This morning, the Georgia woman stands accused of conspiring to kill her estranged husband, Robert, with Terrence Bethel said to be her lover and Farron Newbold, supposedly the hitman. All three appeared in court Wednesday afternoon for the bail hearing. None of the three have entered pleas. Bahamian authorities in a court document say the trio agreed on July 16th to murder Shiver's husband.
5: If the only evidence of this conspiracy is a text message saying kill him with a photograph, and if there was no offer of money or money exchanged, then I think the defense has a strong case here because they'll argue that this was just an expression of frustration, something that people do on text messages all the time.
4: On social media, the 36-year-old's life looked ideal. Lindsay and Robert met in college at Auburn University. She was a beauty queen. He was a football player. They were married for 13 years, had three sons, and lived in a $2 million home. Things officially fell apart in April. Robert sued for divorce, accusing Lindsay of infidelity which she denied, saying any extramarital relationship she had was during their separation and was legally condoned by her husband. Now they are at the center of a tabloid story playing out in two countries. Mm. So, Ann, now that she's out on bond there in the Bahamas, what
0: what can Shiver expect as she awaits this trial?
4: Well, she had to surrender her U.S. passport, so she has to stay in the Bahamas. She has to check in with authorities three times a week. She can't have any contact with her estranged husband, and he apparently um, has—he's with the three— kids um, back in the u.s
1: and she also is not supposed to have any contact with her co-defendants all right
0: that helps to keep us posting it thank you
1: thank you and returning out to that historic mega millions jackpot the nation waiting to find out who's holding that ticket just one worth nearly 1.6 billion dollars nbc sam brock is at the Publix supermarket in neptune beach florida that's where it was sold hi sam
11: Savannah, Craig Chanel. Good morning. Look, I've scoured the city. I cannot find this billionaire, but they are out there. We know they got to be somewhere. Here's the amazing thing, guys. There are more than eight hundred and fifty plus public stores in the state of Florida. But it's this one in a city of seven thousand people that sold the winning ticket. Now the winner has six months to claim their prize. This morning, the mystery of not just mega millions, but billions is hanging over the small coastal town of Neptune Beach.
10: I woke up this morning to a bunch of text messages asking if I wanted money, and I didn't even buy a lottery ticket. Probably should have.
11: What else is there to do but speculate when someone in your city pulls the winning ticket on a $1.58 billion lottery? That's a record for Mega Millions and the third largest jackpot of all time.
7: No, no, that wasn't me.
11: (laughs) You're sure it wasn't you, though? Positive
7: it wasn't me. No, I'm just
11: surprised it's not California. I'm glad somebody hit big in Florida because it's always California. In fact, the largest lottery landfall ever was in California, a $2.04 billion Powerball haul from Los Angeles last November.
10: Selling the only Powerball jackpot winning ticket.
11: California and Florida do share another crucial connection. They're two of only eight states that don't tax lottery winnings after the federal government takes its share. And Florida also has no state income tax.
7: That's one of the beauties of living here in the state of Florida and and having a winner be in the state of Florida. With that, this person will be able to have more revenue in their pockets.
11: From bars to card rooms, someone just hoping to have an ace up their sleeve. Most
10: of us in here bought a ticket and there was no winners because everybody was here.
11: By Florida lottery rules, the winner must either show up or send proof within 180 days for the full annual payments or 60 days for the lump sum of 783 million. After that deadline, the money and dreams disappear. So check your tickets.
0: I'm just very excited. And a word of advice is whoever won, make sure you get yourself a great lawyer, financial advisor.
11: Good advice. Now, let's just say theoretically, guys, you do have the winning ticket automatically. 24% of this is withheld federally for taxes, another 13% on top of that because of the income bracket. So you go from 783 million lump sum to more like 500 million. You'd probably take it. As for that ticket, 13, 19, 20, 32, 33, oh, wow. ball 14. These are the winning numbers. I mean, should I should I let them know or should we just have the suspense linger? What do you guys think?
0: Sam, I think we all know that if you won the Powerball down there, you would not be reporting <laughs> on the today's show at 736.
11: Correct. Also, I will admit this is the most Kerry Sanders shtick ever. <laughs> I completely stole his material, but I love it. Love this it, is Gary. for him.
1: Uh-huh. It's an homage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> all right, coming up, medications that millions of Americans take every day for acid reflux now being linked to an increased risk of dementia. Dr. Torres will be here with details and answers to your question.
0: Also, Stephanie Gosk is here to take a closer look at those often unexplained yeah. service fees that we're all finding on our restaurant bills, Steph.
2: Yeah, they're popping up all over, and they have customers confused. People are asking are they for tip? Who does this money go to? Why are they there? We're going to have some of those answers coming up.
3: Hello parents, homeschoolers and teachers. Trusty Narrator here from the Who Started Podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who's Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com.
1: Not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did.
4: I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey. Empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We are
0: back coming up on 741 now with In Depth Today. Hidden fees.
1: Oh, yeah. So we talked about kind of the growing pressure to tip in like all kinds of situations. Well, now these service fees are being added to the bill at restaurants nationwide. And let's just say the trend is
2: frustrating for a lot of customers. NBC Stephanie Goska is here with more. Good morning. Good morning. Well, frustration is one word. You know, a service fee isn't necessarily for the service. And some restaurants aren't entirely upfront about the charge. It just shows up on the check. The fees mostly added in the wake of COVID, and they may be here to stay. It's what most restaurant goers expect. Your bill comes at the end of a meal and you are charged for the food and drinks. Tip is optional. But more and more recently, customers are seeing something unexpected, confusing and sometimes sneaky service charges driving up the cost of restaurant meals. In some places, including Chicago and Los Angeles, there's a bill backlash by fed up diners who've put together a spreadsheet on Reddit tracking the restaurants that have a service fee, accusing them of charging 10, 15 and even 20 percent. Instead of service fees, it's sometimes called kitchen love, wellness and happy and healthy fees. I don't understand. When did all of these fees get put on the consumer? Now, some officials are demanding transparency. In Washington, D.C., the attorney general releasing new guidelines Wednesday requiring restaurants to disclose all fees to diners.
5: Consumers are entitled to know in advance what they're spending their money on. That information needs to be prominently, clearly, understandably displayed.
2: According to the National Restaurant Association, about 15 percent of restaurants are tacking on service fees to the overall bill. They say restaurants are adding the surcharge due to higher payroll for staff and wanting to add health insurance for employees. Restaurant owner James Malios says it's important to be upfront about extra charges. At his restaurant in Manhattan, 18 percent gratuity is automatically added to the bill. It says so right on the menu. No extra tip is expected. How important is that transparency with your customers?
0: Oh, extremely important. It's the foundation of why this system has worked for us. Honesty is really the foundation of any good customer
2: experience, right? Malios added a hospitality surcharge to try to recover from the COVID pandemic. How much did the pandemic rattle this industry? It's hard for me to
11: put into words how difficult uh, that year was for for our industry
2: he says adding a preset fee to the bill also helps offer a competitive wage with restaurants switching up their billing some customers are left confused wondering where that extra money goes and what happens now with tipping a service charge experts say generally does not mean gratuity is included so servers still need to be tipped and if you are worried about those extra charges check the fine print on the menu or make sure you ask before you order so if you're planning out where you want to eat, are there certain types of restaurants that are more likely to do this? Well, this is the thing. Any restaurant might do this. And so you really have to look at the menu, ask questions. Yeah. So you could be at a really fancy place or you could be just out for a casual meal yeah. and this could pop up. And I think what really upsets people is this whole idea that they may have been duped. Yeah. People are are willing to pay a little bit more, especially if it's for, Attempt. you know, sure. yeah, and to pay their servers. Sure. Their, it's if it's snuck in there. Right. That's the thing. People.
1: You got to be transparent about it because I I, restaurants have been through such oh, a hard time exactly. after the pandemic. I think everybody yes. wants to support restaurants. Yeah. Everybody wants sure. to tip yes. servers who work so hard, but don't hide it. No one wants to be duped. No, no. Yeah, that's a good no. point. No. Thank yeah. you, Steph. You're welcome. OK, well, you know what is always free, always free. and <laughs> delivered right on time. Get a hot piping yeah. owl forecast. Well, we got
8: piping hot for you, unfortunately. And don't get me started on those resort fees. Oh, oh
1: man. Anyway, Even worse.
8: Ooh, uh, 52 million people from Presidio all the way to Miami. Heat watches, heat advisories, heat warnings out there. And again, that heat down to the south not going anywhere. Jet stream, basically the dividing line. So New Orleans could see a record today. Same in Laredo, Texas, Abilene, Jacksonville, down to Miami. But Richmond, Pittsburgh, now Nashville, St. Louis, a little warmer than average, but just about normal where it should be. And look at this tomorrow, more of the same from Miami all the way to Abilene into early next week. We've got nice, comfortable conditions for the most part from New York, Washington, into the mid to upper 80s. Same in Cincinnati, Nashville, a little toasty, but not too bad. And look into next week that heat continues from Miami all the way into the southwest. So no relief in sight. And that's your latest weather, guys.
1: Thanks, oh, Al. Thank you. Still ahead this morning, the booming business tied to something women have been dealing with forever, menopause. Well, guess what? There are new products. They're flooding the market. Taboo, no more. Good.
11: All right. Guys, coming up, if you're a fan of John Wick and who isn't, we've really? got a good one for you. A sneak peek at the new prequel. that's coming oh.
3: to Peacock. What? what? Tell you what we know and show you what we can of that coming up.